Atkinson. Care for a rubdown. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? Very G'day Rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach. You're listening to the 5-8 Rubdown, I'm your host Natty and with me as always running shotgun in the Rubmobile is the stats wizard, king of calculations, the sultan of the spreadsheet, Walker, what's going on champion? Not much, mate. We're, we're making good headway with these bloody positional rubs. Um, coming. Yeah, mate, coming. Coming. All the rubbers are fucking keen for us to get these done so we can um, bust out some of these draft charts. Um, I know. Fucking people are drafting early this year. Disgusting. I mm. heard someone someone contacted me the other day and said, will everything be out by February 9? I was like, oh, I don't Jesus know, Jesus Christ. That's, that's pushing it, man. That's one, you're an idiot. Two, yeah. we'll do our best. Yeah. I mean, look, the way things are going, we're most likely have done all of the positional pods. Positions, yep. At least. Um, draft charts, hoping for um, for that second week of Feb, so fifth onwards, somewhere in that sort of vicinity. So see what we can do. Um, there's also been a few questions about that um, that new introduction of the flex position. Yes, we so, will get into that. But uh, first things first. Oh, mate, absolutely. Let's tear the top, top off one because... Oh, yeah. Daddy's thirsty. Daddy. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Right. So, as always, this rubdown is brought to you by our Patreon, the Rub Club, Rub Stats, whatever you want to call it. It's just the NRL Supercoach Stats Haven. Heaven. Get in there. Everything you need to know for Classical Draft. If you want to support the platform weekly up down, that's the best way to do it, and you get a lot in return. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Two tiers, five dollars for your first tier, eight dollars for tier two. That'll get you all the preseason gear. Get in there, wet your wet your whistle a little bit. Have a look at it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you can you can jump in, have a look at what the deal is. Um, most of the posts you can you can kind of see what the the gear that we're putting out. Heavily involved with putting up polls, get, getting an idea of what everyone's um, leagues are like, classic input, draft input, all that sort of jazz. So, mate, it's it's free and flowing and, yeah, everyone's loving it. Discord's yes. going as well. So everyone's and, loving that. And some of the big perks for being a Patreon subscriber is, one, if you want to ask a question, we get back to you straight away. If you hmm. want to be a part of the podcast in, in terms of asking a question and the question getting answered on the podcast, that's how you do it as well. You yep. get free entry into the discord so it's a big rub down community and they're everyone talking about getting ready for their for their drafts uh on the discord as well that's where we'll be putting up information about uh, our mock drafts so that we get mm. people in these fucking mock, mock drafts not just bots yes so that's where you'll get all the Beat information the for those for those mock drafts yeah and then finally you have to be a tier two subscriber to be uh in the running to get into the listener league so that's step one. Then you have to head over to Apple iTunes, leave a five-star sledge, click the mm. five stars, and give us one of your best. That's a nice little segue into a sledge that I'll, that I'll read out. And 
bro, they're coming in thick and fast, and they're <laughs> they're getting closer and closer to the bone. If I do say so, so cutting a this, steep stroke, <laughs> bro. Uh, this one's called a couple of sackos. Five stars. Many moons ago, these two drunken idiots had a dream to play fantasy football like the TV show The League. Then try and talk about it. Years later, watching the reruns over and over again is more satisfying. Ouch. I do like the show, so I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, I won't push back on it. Uh, Being locked in a room by their wives, which they enjoyed the milkman delivery. Ooh. Natty and Wooker waffle on for hours with their hands firmly on it. Can't deny that. Yep. Uh, after spending years trying to pronounce players' names, Walker has put together the sloppy seconds of stat sheets with more pretty colours than the makeup of his last hooker. Oh, Harsh. Okay. Fair. As Harsh. for Natty, he should follow the lead of the North Sydney Bears and just watch the other teams produce quality football. Just like when he has a guest on the show, Natty, for God's sake, shut the fuck up and let the guests produce a decent podcast. <laughs> I got moving as I tried to delete this app and go in search of a real fantasy podcast. But like a soiled nappy, when you think you've cleaned it up, another load of shit is sure to follow. Whoa. (laughs) The best advice for these two would be to follow the lead of the three wise draftmen and pull the plug on the podcast that is worse than the Northern Eagles merger. Oh, the drive-by to the Wiseman. Jesus Christ. There is more more excitement being a West Tigers season ticket holder than listening to these two sackos. Bro. Fuck. Fuck. Let the Wiseman rest in peace. Jeez. Jeez, Jeez, they um. They've come home really strong in that one. There was North Sydney Bears. There was Northern Eagles. There was three wise draftmen. I mean. He got you. He got you well. Pew, 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 pew. No, that's good. That's fucking way up there. That's good gear. That is top gear. Really close to the bone. We had, yeah, throwbacks to the league. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. 100%. Yep. That's that's one close to the top of the pile. That's the kind of gear we want, people. That's good gear. That's fucking real good gear. All right. So, yeah, if you, you want to do more of that, get on to Apple iTunes and get amongst it and leave a sledge there. Mm. If you don't have any idea about what to sledge about, there's about 110 fantastic sledges on there. Just start reading through that it. Have, it's, that it's have a good roasted gear. the fuck out of us. Yep, it's a good gear. All right, let's uh, I don't know, let's get into some news. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. With a Channel Four News exclusive, Brian and a watch. So we were pretty worried about SJ and Reynolds when we did the mm. halfback podcast, and good news, they remain on track for round one. But I will say, still needs to be thought about when you're drafting them because it's soft tissue tissue injuries for both of them. They're yeah. both old as fuck and. It's just not what you want to hear for these type of guys, these type of players. This is- for, for me, it's more of a risk for SJ because his game, not not at the moment, but it's historically been more around footwork and getting through the line, putting players in positions. Whereas we know that Reynolds is is the the master magician. He's the general. Like he's yep. not he's not reli- super reliant on that bursting speed attack and footwork. So I'm less concerned about Reynolds than I'm with SJ. 
Um, yep. SJ's got game has evolved over the last couple of years, though. Just taking into account that he's a little bit slower, he's not not as quick off the mark, and all that sort of that sort of stuff. So, look, it's I think it's going to impact SJ a bit more, and potentially have impacts um, through the season for re- recurrence. So, but yeah. also you, you're thinking about taking Reynolds in sort of like round four, so picks yeah. thirty to forty, something like that for Reynolds. Mm. So it's something. It's an area in the draft where you don't really have to worry about taking these risks, whereas SJ, with his average, you're looking at taking him mid-round two. So picks sort of 12 through to 17. And I don't want any fucking question marks over a bloke I'm taking between 12 and 17 in in, in round two. I mean, it's enough of a risk from my perspective to push him into round three. Um, and look, I, I'm, I'd be happy to see him pass on to someone else to um, potentially be their problem there. It could could be a fantastic pickup, but after my injury histories mm. last season, it's definitely not one that I'll be risking this season. Hundred percent. Now we had Milf go down with a hamstring, but really, who gives a fuck? We'll move not on. Not catch relevant anymore. David Fafita returned to training, so he's building up his running here at training. He looks like he will be right for round one, but obviously, we have to keep a close eye on all the injury news coming out of the Titans. Mm. Not likely to suit up for any of the trials. So, yeah, interesting, especially for a guy that, you know, probably go round one in most leagues. Yeah. No, I think so. Uh, Corey Allen, ACL, not super coach relevant, to be honest. No. Lemuelu returned to training for the first time since his mm. knee injury in October. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, not as interesting because he has dropped that CTW dual eligibility, which is a big kick in the dick, but yeah. still. Someone that you know you're probably looking at in the back end of your draft, so you want to keep an eye on him and the injury uh, news with the Dolphins. Jesse Arthur sprained ankle, but he should be sweet. Mm. This is a big one. Payne Haas hamstring tightness this early is not great. No. Fletcher Baker groin surgery. He's coming back. Both on track for round one, but that hamstring tightness does worry me with Payne Haas. Yeah, and look, it, it might be something that they. I think they'll be pushing for him to start in round one, but he's obviously not going to miss the trials. Yeah. Um, that we won't be surprised, but it's not great for the start of the season. But um, look, he, he was carrying some pretty significant issues last season as well. So he's he's one player that I'm I'm pretty keen on for a bit of an uplift. And listening into the um, the uh, Brian Senny's podcast, Anorophysio, yeah, he reckons he's in for a big season as well. Um, t- hamstring tightness, as long as it's um, it's managed well and it doesn't develop into into a strain or, or anything like that, less of a concern. And I think they'll be a lot more um, a lot more risk averse at this stage. He doesn't have to doesn't have to suit up and and play any games or anything like that. So. Yeah, I think they'll be managing Shout it out to Brian, too. Carefully. What a podcast that was. That if you was, haven't listened to it. It was so good. Go listen to it. It mm-hmm. is sort of dipping the toe into some injury news that is prevalent with the Supercoach world coming into 2024 season. And if you like that, you're going to fucking love our interview with him because he takes that information and really dives in deep and gives answers that are specifically for drafts. Mm. So he's talking yeah, about yeah. what rounds he should take blokes, should you draft him here, should you let him slide. So really good chat We're coming up with him in the next couple of weeks. But that is the news, bro. Mm. Let's move into, as you alluded to it earlier, 
the big changes uh, for 2024 in Supercoach Draft. So we had the flex player, waiver period, overhaul, and bigger benches. Yeah. So we'll deal with the waiver period and the bigger benches first because the flex one's going to be a really good talking point. So waiver period, it's just a no-brainer. Uh, they're clearing the waivers. Uh, so when you do a trade at a fixed time the next morning, not 24-hour period. So mm. if you drop a player at 8 p.m., um, at night, yep. the the player is going to uh, clear the next morning at a fixed at, at a fixed time, which is really good. Bigger benches, obviously, that's great because of HIAs, injuries, uh, buys, everything like that. Like that's great. Um, if you want to be a coward and you want to run with a deep deep bench, the uh, the option is there. Not the, for the problem. The problem is like if you do that and run with a deep bench, yes, it helps with the um, like injuries and that sort of stuff, but. Man, it, it makes your waivers so dry. You don't have much player movement and things like that. I don't. I'm not it about it. Depends on how you want to run your season. If you want, if you want a lot of emphasis on your draft, and you want that one day to pretty much dictate how the rest of the season is going to fo- unfold, then you want yeah, have a ten man mm. bench, fucking um, have a full uh, run on side of thirteen, everything like that. That's fine. But if you want to keep people interested for the the entire year, I would select a team and a bench that will allow more players and fluidity on the waivers. And that's that's perfect yeah. for our league because if we if we did it the other way, cunts would just switch off. They yeah. wouldn't be interested. I think it I think it leans more into like your dynasty and your keeper leagues. And oh, I think yeah. that's where it's going to be more useful. I think for regular leagues, um just well, your diehard guys. Yeah. Like Guru's League, they're diehards. <sighs> yeah. Like they're really into the you know the purity of draft. Yeah. And if oh, you have look, if you have I, ten I love- to fourteen guys that are pure pure enthusiasts in draft, that's fantastic. But mm. that's rare, getting 14 blokes that are all buying in to the purity of, of draft. That's fantastic. Yeah. There's probably three in our league, me, you, and another bloke. Yeah. The rest of them are just <laughs> wild cowboys. Yeah. So to keep all of those fucking cowboys in line and keep them interested, you've got to have a rolling wave. You've got to have those blokes interested every single week. Otherwise, mm. it just won't work. Yeah. No, I agree. Flex player. Finally. Yeah. Love it. I'm big I mean, on NFL. Look, I'm big on NFL fantasy. It's it's always been um, part of your your team makeup, a flex position. So you might be um, in a league that has a flex flex position that has wide receiver, running back, and tight end. You might mm-hmm. be in a league where it's any player, which is the case here in Supercoach. So this flex player position is any position. So you can you can start any position in that flex spot, mm-hmm. which. It is really interesting. This is yeah. this is really sexy for me because obviously if you've got thirteen men uh, starting on your team now it's fourteen. You've got that extra spot. Mm. It changes a lot of strategies, and we've talked about this at length, you and I. And yeah, I think it's yeah. going to take maybe a year for people to get used to, maybe think, a couple of years. I think it's going to have to get used to how to draft with this flex position. Hey, oh, I think there just has to be more um, more options against it. So picking what positions can be flexed and things like that, because as it stands, like you could potentially have players uh, like teams having like two fullbacks, two halfbacks, if they and it it really really uh, makes your first pick, your first five picks in a draft, the most important. So if you're in that draft order of first five, you're infinitely better off because you've, you've already, you can already set yourself up to have that flex sorted. 
And look, it's yes, it's going to add another dimension. Um, I, I'm I'm interested in it, but I think it should have come in with a little bit more flexibility. The fl- flexibility to the flex, um, just to dictate what what positions can be flexed. But your and the thing with that is, it's like the the. Flex is Mate, the, re- for- the reason why the flex is so good in an NFL is because you got thirty two teams to pick from, so you got but a it's, fuck ton, it's a fuck ton of good wide receivers to pick up. Yeah, not really, not really. And I've talked, we've talked, we've talked about you, this. You got, might have, but, but you might got, have a you've got team. One, you've got one or two from every team. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, one or two. But but what I'm saying is that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is flex isn't. You're saying like okay, so you pick, you, you can flex a front row forward. That's not that's not what the position is for. You want to be flexing the most sexiest position that you have in fantasy. Yeah. Um, so fullbacks. We've... So like you're saying, oh, you can get two fullbacks. That's what it's there for. That's what it's there for to yeah, get yeah, two yeah. fullbacks. It's it's not there for to get two hookers or get two halfbacks. No, no, no. no. It's I'm not, there I'm not to saying get that. The best position and get two of them. Yeah. Playing. I, look, I I I agree with that, but. Mate, unless you unless you've got like a very short league, like this is this is perfect for like an eight eight team league. This is great for an eight team league because by the time all, all the the first three picks are done, you've got a really good um, opportunity to pick up two of, two of those players, and there is enough depth in the in those real high quality positions for that to happen. When you're talking about any leagues like twelve or more, that's where it gets really fucking tough. And then you could have like first pick or second pick, just disproportionately ahead of other teams. That's, and this, that's, that's all I see. Without it, what, you're, without, what yeah. you're saying is this is – you sound like someone that doesn't like captains. This is the same mm. conversation you have with people that don't like captains leagues. They're like, oh, it's going to load up other teams and they're, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be so luck and, you know, it's going to be disproportionate and, and some guys are just going to have so much more luck and it's like – it just isn't, and I, I I understand where they're coming from, hmm. but unless you try it and you have a go, like because we play captains and it doesn't, it really doesn't. It's it's neither here nor there. Like, so I just think it w- it will take time for people to get it, and like it hmm. will change the strategy of your picking. So, for example, if you were picking before me and you've already got a fullback, I'm going to have to look at blackballing you from another fullback. So I may have to reach just to blackball you from that, but that's what I like. That's I I'm mm. for more things. To, so that's why I like captains. That's why I like vice captains. That's why I like bets. I like as many dimensions to draft as possible, and this just adds another one. And look, I've played NFL fantasy, so I know how it works there. Will it work in here? I don't know. I'm only going. I, I just, what have I? What have I? I've experienced. Yeah, I just but don't think again, there's a depth of quality players like in certain positions to allow for it to be done well. And and look, I get where you're coming from because you're looking at a 32 team in the NFL and you're oh. going, there must be fucking, there must be that many fucking players on the waivers and you guys must have so much. You don't. It's actually mm. just as hard as Supercoach. It's wild. Like even with my flex position with a shorter league and a shorter starting team, I was still struggling to get my flex right. Sometimes mm. I was flexing tight ends, which is a big no-no in NFL fantasy. So I get where you're coming from, but it's it's definitely not that. It's, mm. yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to, we can surmise what we want, but it comes down to 
he's just giving a good a go. I yeah. implore Look, everyone just to take a whack at it and see how mm. it all comes to pass. I, I have this I have this suspicion that it's going to be one of those those introductions that look uh, after two to three seasons it'll still be an option there, but I don't think anyone will take it up. I, I think it is going to be one of those fads that look until we have a twenty team league like in NRL, I just can't see it being um, having the depth of, of players that we can pick people from. hate change. People, I can see yeah. you're putting up big roadblocks because of change. Give it a go, people. Get out there, have a go. <laughs> Grow some kahunas and <laughs> oh, dip your toe in and play everything that's – same with same with captains. If you've never tried captains and you're sitting there going, no, nah, it's too – you get lucky because you're captain. Just have a go, people. If you have a go, you don't like it, cool. Not for you, not for you. That's fine. But definitely have a go for sure. Mm. I'll tell you one thing for the listener league. The flex is going to be activated, baby. <laughs> I'll be flexing on these look, bitches. At, at the very least, for us, at least it'll give us a a chance to like put it to the test um, through a season. Because yes, I think we've we've already discussed him in our keeper league, and I'm not sure whether they're going to put it in for this season. But um, yeah, I think love to love to try it, love to see the impacts and whether those fears that I had are actually legitimate or not. But yeah, there's and- a lot of uncertainty with how it's going to be. Um, how it's going to be applied. And you're right too, that perfect for us to do this with the Listener League so that we, we can talk through it. Yeah. So on draft day, we'll do a podcast live with us drafting. We'll talk about how we're going to approach the flex position. We'll talk about how we think other people are drafting for the flex position and really talk about it as it goes through. And then throughout the season, we can note whether that has had a, a substantial impact on how people have gone throughout the season as well. So, Mm, yeah. Watch this space, people. Yeah, we might even go through and um, just tally up what the average average for each of the teams were for their flex, and just see mm. if that it was something that was a determining factor for any any game weeks. And another thing is good because you know flex is obviously another position that you can have for matchup dependent. So mm. maybe it isn't a fullback, maybe it's a CTW put there in there because of it's such a good matchup, and you have five CTWs running. Yeah. Well, in one week because they all have good matchups. You know what I mean? So then the Patreon sheets come into play again for the yeah. flex. Yeah, for sure. Putting in, maybe it's a two RF you put in there because you're like, fuck, the defenders they're running at, they're, they're defending the most, they're uh, conceding the most points to two RFs this week. And maybe you have a shorter uh, field for two RFs like us where mm. we only play two. And you're like, I'd really like to play a third. Flex, bang, and he goes and away, away you go. Well, it kind of comes to. Um... It can you can probably take into account players that you're going to take a bit of a pun on. So if you go early and you pick up someone like I don't know Ponga or whoever in the first round, you can have a stab in the second or third round for like a Pappy or someone like that. And fuck if that ter- if if Pappy has a full season, goes half as good as he, we think he can, mate, you could be absolutely laughing. Well, isn't Pappy just a perfect second round flex pick? Hundred percent, hundred percent. The because, flex. because a lot of people won't be looking at him that early, but if you yep. if you've locked up your um, fullback spot, irrespective with with Ponga, fuck, could be worse. Mm. One thing one thing it will do though is it'll make you will miss that that run of the, the halfbacks in round two. So yeah, there's a lot of things to think about because obviously, and there you go, drafting Again, drafting it- purely for the flex, you might. 
draft downside. yourself out of There's always going to be a downside. Yeah, yeah, There's always sure. going to be a downside somewhere along the road. Mm. So it's not all going to be positive, positive, positive for no. this flex position. Well, it's, it's going not, to have it's to not, be it's a give and take. Neg- it's not always going to be negative, negative, negative either. Yeah. Um, it's just finding that balance. And, yeah, it's going to take a while for people to understand how to apply it when they're drafting. Yep. Um, yeah. Which Look, is interesting. It's, it's, I'm, I'm excited it's got to, me up and about. I'm, I'm excited, excited to try it in our um, in our listening league. So let's get yep. into it. 100%. All right. That's enough of dribbling. It's already been nearly half an hour of just absolutely nothing. We haven't even talked Fuck, about 5.8 yet. We haven't a single fucking 5.8. Oh. Wow. Yeah, all right. Well. Here we, here we, here. Walker with a duck and now a run. Walker, he scores. Clever girl. Nice job. Let's get you a rub down. Let's get you a rub down indeed. So five eights, just start with it's fucking grim. Mm, it's, it's not fantastic. Very grim. Is it? You'll yep. hear me say the word grim a lot in this <laughs> rub down. Absolutely yeah. disgusting. I mean, mm. first up, obviously we were talking about what are we looking for with a five eight. Very similar to what we're looking for in a halfback. You want total try involvement. So that's where where you start. If you look at last year, yeah. for 5.8, Cody Walker was the most. He had 49, hmm. then Keary, 43, Ezra Mam 38, Dearden, 36, Gamble, 32, Dylan Brown, 31, uh, with the limited games that he played. That's sexy. Kieran Foran had 31, Birdo had 30, Munster, 30, and Luai, 27. So there's your top 10 try involvements for 5.8. Hmm. And that's where you should be starting is looking at how involved they are in attacking plays. Yep. And... If you if you compare that list to the list we had for the halfbacks, it is a stark difference. So, like, you had Hastings with 38 tri-involvements as the ninth best tri-involvement halfback there, and he had 38. And yeah. Mam had 38, who was third for the 5.8s. Yeah. I mean, look, and that and that leans into the fact that they are they're the pivots, they're the foils, they're the they're the backup backup um, uh, playmakers. Like they they're always feeding into uh, the good things that the halfbacks doing. So look, it doesn't surprise me that it's um, it's a lot less because there's there's less teams that are dominant through their five eight. Um, yep. Cody Walker is one that comes to mind. Dylan Brown, we've spoken about him taking over from Moses. Cam Munster at times, um, but he obviously drifts between games and games. Tom Dearden is probably another one that's that's getting into that mold. And look, yeah, it's um, that that's pretty much the list, though. <laughs> That's yeah okay. Thanks, Walker. Um, yeah. We'll catch you next time on the weekly rubdown. That's all we've got for you tonight. Yeah. Now, look. Let's let's go through the top ten uh, that we've got in, mm. as it stands right yep. now. These rankings are very flawed. They will will change. Um, oh, I can't wait for these guns to number three. <laughs> Dylan Brown, number one. Clear number one. Cam Munster, number two. Our boy, Maddie Burton, number three. Clear three. It's daylight for the next cunt. We're copying slack about Maddie Burton at three. But you know what? I'm going to fucking dig my heels in. The, he- Mate, the heels I'm doubling are down. Firm. I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down. We wouldn't be us if we didn't. Uh, Cody Walker, four. Tommy Dearden, five. Luke Brooks, Jaden Campbell, Ezra Mam at eight. Jerome Loy, nine. Ten, Tyson Gamble. So it mm. falls off the side of a cliff really quickly. Pretty yeah. much after Cody Walker, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, not sexy at all. It's the more I talk about five eight, the more it's sort of evening up with Hooker, where it's like 
Hooker five eight. It's going to be a race in my team for which one gets the AE. Honestly, that's how yeah. it's going to go. If I don't get if I don't get Dylan Brown because I'm not really interested in, in Cam Munster. If I don't get Dylan Brown, I'm not really worried about five eight to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is an interesting thing about um, like whether you you're planning on doing God. an AE for one of your positions and you've got the Lots. flex going as well. So, Mr. Brigham, do you have a massive you, you erection? Could end up having three fullbacks in your team potentially. Wouldn't it be fun? Which would be fucking to- interesting. With a flex, you could literally just burn up all the five eights and just have all of them. Oh god, there'd be there'd be anarchy, anarchy in the in the fucking leagues. I don't mind that play. You, lo- you love it. You love it. It's a, a real of cunt play. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good play. All right, let's get into these categories. Let's kick it off with the elite. The elite. Best of the best. I got a boner. <laughs> so this is picks one to ten. Uh, round one in a 10-man league, 70, 75 points you want out of these guys. And it's Dylan Brown and Mad Dog. Uh, mm. So I'll be talking about Dylan Brown at length in the Chub Rub segment later, but we're big on him. Pretty much anyone with that's putting out any kind of Supercoach content is big on him. It'll be nothing new. Uh, yeah. It would just be saying that we agree. Uh, we loved him last year. We love him this year again. It's going to be a sexy year for Dylan Brown. Yeah, it Mad was it, interesting. Look, it was it was almost a career year for him, but look, I, I think part of it was um, like when I say career year, I mean for his for his average. But look, before he actually before he did the old touch and fill shit, um, mate, he was he was unstoppable. He was absolutely braining teams for fun, mm-hmm. and look, he could have he could have averaged eighty by the end of the season if he was um, kept his head and head and, hands in his pants. And not in someone else's. Um, so yeah, look, love him. I think he's def- definitely going to be one of the ones that are going to be high on a lot of people's draft priorities. But, but, shit draw for the finals. Yeah. Something you need yep. to take into account. Yeah, it's not great. It definitely isn't great. Let's talk about our boy Mad Dog. Uh, I alluded to it earlier. Mm. Not really interested in him. Uh, Seventy-one average last year. BP is always really good. Base power forty-four. That's sexy. Had. 14 try assists, total try involvements were 30, so way down there. Jerome mm. Hughes is obviously the big dick when it comes to putting on tries for the Storm. He doesn't play on the dominant side for Storm either. He's on the left. They're a right dominant side these days. So, and we've always talked about this, such a weird fucking guy. Like, we could talk about the Storm's strength of schedule in the finals, in all final series. It's really sexy. But he's the type of player that puts his feet up when they're cruising. Yeah. So it doesn't work for him, does it? No, no, it's um, you almost need a re- yeah, like you said, a reverse strength of schedule. Like he, you want him to be playing Panthers into Roosters into Broncos into fucking Bunnies. That's um, a good strength of schedule for that, him. Yeah. That'd be fucking fantastic because he turns yep. it on and he he takes priority. He starts to call the plays, but mm-hmm. look when he and if if the games are turning where like. Storm are going shit. Yeah, he'll pull up his socks and he will get it get the job done. But fuck, he he goes missing in the, in like regular games because look, it's the it's the huge show, really. Um, and he he'll brain teams and he's the one who'll put the foot on the throat. Whereas Munster's not that type of player anymore. No, from what I've seen. No, and I mean, you look at the scores throughout twenty twenty three. He had two games over a hundred. And And that's big, yes. Only two. And we were talking about Harry Grant, and a lot of people uh, are talking about Harry Grant and how he has no ceiling. He went over 100 five times. So he's got fucking monster covered. When we went through the the hooker 
hooker pod. We dispelled the myth of that. Like last, I was I was of that opinion last year that oh, Grant's not a Grant's not a ceiling player or anything like that. Turned up five times. Yes, the difference was though. He had a whole bunch of um, low floor scores, and that's the thing yes. that really hurts. Which Munster does have now as well. So exactly. he doesn't have the ceiling anymore, and he also has some of these <laughs> exactly. shit games crawling yeah. into his game. You know, he's got a yeah. few 30s, a couple of 40s, one game where he fucking played 80 minutes and scored 28. That's just not mm. him, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. this is what we're seeing out of Cam Munster. And if you were to guess who he played and scored 28, who would you say? Uh, probably Titans, no, knowing who he is. Close. Dragons. Are you kidding? That's, oh, my God. Isn't that funny? One of the, one so of the worst defensive teams in the league. That's what it is. So, like, you Super know, he scored 39 against Manly. He scored 35 against the Dolphins, uh, 42 against the Cows. Who was They were leaking points everywhere at that point. Um, yeah, and then punches out like a 97 against the Knights who were staunch in defense at the back end of the season, 87 against the Raiders who were quite good. So weird, weird player. Mm. And to be honest, with that sort of fucking bullshit that it happens with matchups, I, I don't want him in my team. It's too weird. I, just bad juju. I don't, want to, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, like I've, I've had him in my keeper league for the last, oh, would have been four years. And look, I've, I've been looking for the player that I can switch out switch him out for. And I haven't had one until I drafted Reese Walsh last year. So it's I've got myself the out. And look, I'm, I couldn't be happier because, yeah, he's just too unreliable through the final series and he just won't get the job done for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough he's about not, him. He's not, he's not a round one pick anymore, in my opinion. No, he isn't. And honestly, it would have to be, and he'll never get there, but I want to get Mad Dog Munster Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, somewhere around there. Like yeah, I'll, be, I'll be looking, I'll be looking mid to late round two before yep. I'm, I'm keen. Which is it'll dog. never happen. So mm. it will never have him. So that's fine. That's he'll get, good. he'll get drafted on name alone, and that'll get him into the top ten. And that's just going to create value for other positions um, in your, in your league. So yep, hundred percent. Don't let him be your problem. And uh, Guru said something really good, which I, I clipped up into a quote for socials. He said, he is more confident that you'll win a comp by drafting Pappy in the second round than you are Munster. And I yeah, totally I don't, agree. I don't disagree with that at all. I would rather draft Pappy in the second round than Munster. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's move on to the guns. Guns. Lots of guns. Mr. Bergen, do you have a massive erection? So, we've got Maddie Burton to kick it off. Now, do we just leave Maddie Burton to later because you've got plenty to talk about with him? Or do you yeah, want to save all that, yeah, we can, that we, fire we, that you want to spit? Because you came can, on here in the green room and you were fucking pretty you, – you were up and about. Oh, so, look, the rubbers have got you fired up, which I love. Look, they, they, so they've, you, come, they've come in at us and, look, come, come at us from every angle because of the um, – where we had him in the um, the halfback rankings. And look, yes, we had him high, but look, we haven't had the opportunity to tell you why we've got him so high. Yeah, and it's it's like that scene in The Wedding Singer. It's like, I have a microphone and you will listen to every goddamn word I have to say. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And that's what, that's what, that's what Wooker's come on here to do. He's about yep. to bury you, cunt, so get ready. <laughs> so we'll leave Matty Burton to later. Yep. Okay, so Cody Walker here in the mm, guns. Yeah. Uh, 
it's interesting, Cody Walker, right? Because I am high on him. I think, you know, average 69 last year. Nice. Base power, 28. Try assist, 24. Total try involvement's 49. Now, that's look, what we're talking he's, about. Look, he's going to lead the league in a lot of circumstances for try involvements per game and line break involvements per game. No question. It's... I just worry about the cattle that's going to be around him. Jack Whiten comes into this side. You've got the points Cal are going Kong to be Tungy, spread, aren't they? Um, coming into the left back role mm. spot potentially. Yeah. So, and we know that Latrell likes to have his ball, his hands on the ball <laughs> for the last pass before a try. So he yes. wants to be the guy yeah. that's putting the try assist on. You know, a lot of the times Cody Walker is all, either a last touch guy, or he's a guy that's getting ball in space where he doesn't make a line break. Mm. Yep. Which is not great for super coach points, obviously. No. So that's what I'm worried about is like, is he going to be part of the points or is he going to get lost in all the fucking glory that is that left edge for the for the bunnies? Conversely, fucking, it could work out even better. He could average 80 because he's got so many weapons around him. Yeah. I just don't know how it's going to go. Look, I'm not. I'm not as worried about that side of it as as you are. I, I still think, look, he could potentially just rinse and repeat 67 average from last year. Um, sorry, 69 average from last year. I think he can possibly do something similar um, or even or even go up a tick. But my big question is he he's, a, he's faded in the last couple of seasons at the back end of the year when we need him most in the finals. Okay, if he's talk gonna, to me. If he's going to be your, your second or third round pick, you need to have someone that is going to finish finish off counts in your league. Mm. From round 17 last year, he went 36, 79, pretty good, 55, 58, 49, 81, that's against the Dragons, 41 and then 45 to round off the season. So 55 average over the last eight games of the season, obviously through the final series in your in your leagues. It's not something where, look, I, I think, yes, one of the downfalls of the bunny season was the form slump of Cody. Um, and look, they the team as a whole had a bit of a form slump and yeah, they ended up busting their, their finals hopes. But I think a lot of it has to do with the longevity through the full season for, for Cody. He's not a young man anymore. He's 34. Mm. It's it's about the ability to to get up, do the training through the week, after game recovery, things like that. It's not as easy in 34 than it was when he was 33, 32, 31. Like it's, he's a late bloomer as well. He only came into the, into the game, I think, when he was 26 in the NRL. I just think that it's – I think the years are going to he, – he's going to pick and choose the times that he, he, he comes into the game. And if, if Latrell's fit through the season and plays most of the games, it's not a certainty. But if that happens as well, I think they'll be, they'll be using that as a bit of a, a momentum shift between the two of them. So it won't be Cody just absolutely braining teams. It will be a little bit of, a little bit of Latrell, a little bit of Cody, and, and they'll pick and choose their moments. So Yeah. I, I will my my final note on Cody will be that I would rather target Cody Walker in the third round than target Munster in the second. So yeah. you know, just say people are taking Munster at twelve, I would rather take Cody Walker at twenty two. But 
given that I, I like if you're coming into third round, I would much rather take Burton before Cody Walker. But if Burton's gone, I'm happy mm. that I got Walker in the third rather than getting Munster in the second round because whoever I get in the second round instead of Munster, I think is going to be more beneficial for me in the long run and then back that up with the Cody Walker in the third round. So Yeah. Look, it's I value Cody Walker high just because I can get him ten picks later. Yeah, and I think the the uptick, the potential uptick for Cody is is there's way more um way more opportunity for him to have an uptick than there will be for Cam Munster. Yep, I agree. Moneybags has more of a chance of regression than, than Cody does. Mm. And I think both of them are not going to have their best performances at the back end of the year. Um, either of them. So I think that's something that you need to think about as well. So you yep. won't have that awesome VC option or, or captaincy option at that back end of the season. So, but you, you, I don't, I'm not saying don't pick up Cody. I'm just saying think about it and think about the structure of your team when you are looking to pick him in, bring him in. Yeah, for sure. All right. Only fucking three in the gun section there. Mm. Like I said, grim, fucking real grim. All right, let's fantastic. get into the fucking sweet spot. A few more guys to talk about here. Yeah. That's your sweet spot right there. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck, yeah. So how I am viewing the 5-8 position for my draft at the moment is, it like, obviously I like Dylan Brown. I'm happy to take him 6-7-8 around that in the first round. But then I'm leaving 5'8", and I probably poke my head in around here for the sweet spot. Yeah. Picks 31 to 70, round 4 to 7 in a 10-man league. You want 55 points or above for these guys. We've got blokes like Jaden Campbell, Luke Brooks, Tom Dearden, Ezra Mam, uh, Jerome Luai in this section. Um, I might kick it off with uh, Jaden Campbell. Very sexy pick. Yes, so obviously going to be dual uh, 5'8 fullback, which is nice. Flexibility in your side, we like that. Always. And someone in your 5'8 spot that is actually playing fullback for an NRL side, that's sexy. We like that. So 45 average from last year, BP 31, total try involvements 12, but that means nothing, right? Let's look at the games that he played 80 minutes with the one on his back. In 2022, he played 10 games at fullback for 80 minutes for an average of 55.4. In 2023, he played seven games at fullback for 80 minutes for an average of 56. So you're already looking at a 10-point bump mm. in, in value from that 45 from last year up to about a 55 without even doing anything. That's just straight up what he scores when he's playing fullback for 80 minutes. Mm. Over a, a decent, that's 17-game um, sample size. So that's yep, big yep, enough. Yep. Uh, full preseason, knowing he's coming in, playing fullback, uh, Mate, solidity De- Desi, in the combinations. Desi system, having better field position, having more hands on the ball. Like, 100%, it's tick, tick, man. tick, tick, tick. So, like, even if you're just if, – if you value him at a 55, maybe you give him three points of value because of his jewel. Mm, yep. That's a 58. Yep. Honestly, I could see him maybe averaging 58 on his own. So all of a sudden, the value is over 60. Mm. The only downside I see with Jaden Campbell is his coefficients of variance. He'll have a low floor. Yeah, he's just that roller coaster type player, isn't he? Yeah, but I think he'll have big ceiling games. Yeah. The Titans will be able to put points on teams. They always have been. 
And uh, with the the cattle they've got there at the Titans, they'll be putting points on, and I think he'll have his fingerprints all over those points. Mm. But I think when the Titans come up against some really staunch defensive sides, you might see Jaden Campbell go to sleep super coach wise. Yeah, and I think he's um, his base power doesn't allow you to um, shy away from those sort of poorer games. No, yeah, no. So you might have to carry a couple of twenties mm. in there. Yep, um, but. You know the Titans; they do have not a not a terrible strength of schedule, not a fantastic strength of schedule, mm. but it's not bad. There's definitely a couple of games in there uh, through the final systems that I I can see the Titans putting in some pretty sexy points. So you know you've got a fullback at your five eight position because that's where you have to draft him, right? Yeah, you yeah, draft yeah. him at your five eight position. It's a no brainer, and that opens you up to pick another fullback there. And then you're running in your t- your team. You've got two two NRL fullbacks. I mean, fuck. I just erection. Hello, we love yeah, that. Yeah, we sure. love that. Uh, so that's why I'm high on him. Pretty much the jewel, but mm. also yeah, having two fullbacks in your side. It's, that's that's a flex, but it's flex a, position without having the flex. Yeah, but it's a it's an awesome it's an awesome um, dual position as well. The five eight and five eight and fullback mm-hmm. is very very tasty, and it affords you a lot of flexibility in your team. Um, look, I, I think. With Desi coming in, I think with um, a bit more solidity in the spine, I think the opportunity for for AJ as well with um, him possibly moving over to the right edge, I think there's going to be a lot of attack and threat through both sides of the park now. It's going to spread defenses a bit. I'm I'm big fan of what this, what's to come from the Titans. Yep. Yeah, he's and he's exciting as well. So he does have that chub rub factor to him mm. as well. Exciting to watch. He's going to add value to your super coach side. Kicking back on a Sunday afternoon, dry track, Titans are playing. Mm. Jaden Campbell's your captain or vice captain or whatever the fuck it may be. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Let's crack some tins and get on with this. Yeah. So I do like Jaden Campbell. We've talked about Luke Brooks in the halfback yeah. uh, podcast. We've covered him. Ezra, man, talk to me. Yeah, look, uh, I was listening to um, Brian uh, and Orphysio's potty, and look, he, he did open my eyes to something that, like, I knew that Ezra Mam had an injury earlier in the season, but I wasn't, I wasn't really, really thinking about it for his output. And look, he was carrying it and managing it through the season. He obviously um, re-aggravated it in the grand final, scored three tries though, but he still, still came through the season with a fifty-two average. And look, if he's doing that, hampered. Look, I'm I'm looking at him pretty hard for um for a decent return this season. So I'm I'm suggesting there's going to be have to be an uplift, and I think the 58 that we've put on him might even be unders. Um, there is potential for um for a lot of attacking output for that back line, and if rumors are right and Cobo moves to the left, mm. I am confident he will go over 60 as an average because fuck like. There is there is a lot of attack through Cobo, and there was a lot of attack last season through Farmworth as well. And look, I, I think that sky's the limit for Ezra. He will be the same type of up and down sort of player because he doesn't have that base to rely upon. He's got, I think, it's a twenty eight uh, base power. So he's someone that um, that I'm not not overly overly keen on um, from that perspective because of the floor. But when you're looking at a position as shallow as five eight. He's pricked my interest because of that. Yeah, I was an owner of Ezra Mam last year, mm. and it was a bit of a heartache for me, to be yeah. honest. So I'm not it as didn't really, big as... It didn't really turn out that well, did it? 
No. So 52 average. He had 14 tries and 11 line breaks in there. Yeah. To get that 52. Like, he was on fire for try involvements Mm. and scoring tries and still only got 52. Yeah, I mean, one thing to one one thing to think about is positionally finals strength of schedule for him, round twenty three to twenty six, second best for a left half, second best, and that includes and that includes a buy in round twenty four, round twenty four. So that means that his his games are so high for those other games twenty three, twenty five, and twenty six that it outweighs the buy, and he's still coming second. So, look, the the Broncos we know have a, have a decent um, decent run through the finals, and look, I, I do think that if he can go through uninjured through the season, definite uptick on that fifty two, drafting him at a fifty five average again, like you were talking about with um, Jaden Campbell, I think you can go even a little bit higher than that, and I do like that as a play. He definitely won't go lower than 52. I mean, it has to be impossible to go below 52 mm. with that many try involvements. Even a 52 average with that many total try involvements is astonishing to mm. me. I can't believe he, he's done it. Like, yeah. that's crazy. You would expect with that many total try involvements that he'd be about a 60 average. Yeah. But check this out. He has a 52 average for the season. He has, in games where he scored one try, he has a 57 average. So in games that he scored one try, he averaged 57. In games where he scored two, he averaged 79. Didn't even pick the 80 with two tries. Mm. I mean, you look look through his scores through the season and, like, he doesn't top the ton at all. Um, His top score, from what I can glean, is about the 80-odd mark. And, look, it's – I don't think you're buying him for the ceiling. I think you're you're buying him for at least a, a little bit of high end potential against the the shit of teams. You need tries. It's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you I need think, tries, but I, but I think with the, with the Broncos high octane team, they're going to come. And we talked about this with Cody Walker, like a guy that's like he he, he scores a lot of tries through backup, which means you mm. don't get the line break. Mate, Ezra Man yeah. is the perfect yeah, yeah, example yeah, yeah. of it. He. Hundos. It's all he does is back up and yeah, score yeah. tries, get 17 points and nothing else. No dougal breaks, no line breaks, nothing else, just that. Mm. So he's a big no for me because even with that great strength of schedule talking about, I need him to score two tries to score over 80 points anyway. And it's just, I, I just can't bet on that. I just can't mm. bet on him scoring two tries every game in the finals for me. And that's what it was getting like when I had him in my team. I was like, yeah, but like- if this cunt doesn't score a try, He's getting fucking twenty five points. Yeah, I mean, like the the floor, I can't I can't throw away from that. That is not that is a risk that you're going to have to take all the way through. Similar with Jaden Campbell. Um, the one thing that I think will change a little bit is he won't be playing on one leg like he was last season. Like the full preseason, get get his knee right and all that sort of stuff. I think he'll be in a better position to um, to put it out on the field and having the grand final experience and getting so close to getting it getting the job done. I think it'll translate into good performances on the field as well. I get that with the injury, but like, what else does he do? He still scored fourteen tries and made eleven line breaks with thirty eight try involvements. On do you know what I mean? Like, mm. he's still pretty impressive. So. 
He's. It's not like he's going to come back from this this um, injury that he had and start making fifteen runs a game and tackle breaks. He's just not that player. Oh, no, do you no, know no. what I mean? No, I do think like the Broncos. The Broncos attacked a lot through Cobo on the right last season, and obviously the, the on the left side they were attacking through Farmworth. And look, you shift Cobo on the other side. I think there is going to be a lot more of a funnel of attack through the left side. Does and Cobo they, they, get they got, the they majority got... of the ball and Starvez remember the ball now? Well, I think there's going to be more opportunities for offloads and stuff from Cobo, and he, he might he might end up getting more try involvements. Obviously, him just picking up the scraps and scoring tries. Mm. Look, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not on him at all. At all, <laughs> I know, I know. At all, I mean, yeah. like if you want to you've, get you're grab doing him the same and, way as Hunt, he, but you he have to. Ruined your I'd rather I'd rather Hunt. Yeah, and Ezra Man, one hundred percent, I would take Hunt over Ezra, Ezra Man. Yeah, but like, we're, talk, we're talking about a fifty-two average from last season compared to a sixty odd average from last season. So he yes, just I'd needs, take Hunt as well. He just needs tries. Yeah. So if you yeah, sure. want to ride that lightning and be like every week, like can Ezra Man get a try? Which don't get mm. me wrong, he scored a lot of tries. Yeah, but it's just like it is heartbreaking because that's what you're hoping for every game. Yeah. I, I had him I had him a couple of years ago towards the back end of the season when he when he um came on for the Knights uh, against the Knights from then on and yeah he was he was awesome. He was electric and electric Ezra. Ezra. Very so, good real life player. Mm, like fantastic. It he's just one of, doesn't the, translate well. For me it's one of those players that I, I love to own because I watch him closely. Um I didn't own him in any leagues last season so it's I can understand where you're coming from that it was um, It was a nightmare bro trust me. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into Tommy Dearden. So yeah. well, you're Tommy Dearden in this season, aren't you? Interesting. Just an interesting guy to talk about, right? Mm. So average 58 last year, average 58 the year before. Base power, 34. Had 15 try assists in a struggling Cowboys team. Total mm. try involvement's 36. Yep. Does play on the dominant side for the Cowboys. Um, they were scoring 39% of their tries down that edge. Mm. Yep. James Maloney coming to this team. <sighs> And working with Tommy Dieter. The source. How, How much do we buy into this? Because I'm buying into it. Yeah. I mean, look, Jimmy Maloney was one of the best characters of the game. But Wins he was premiership also, he was also Fully does. He was also a premiership winner. He yep. would go to a club and they would make their run to the finals. Like it's it, it was written in written in gold. The one thing that the one thing that hurts me with did, and no matter how well he goes, is that round twenty five buys. I mean, for your first five picks, you, you kind of want to shy away from a buy in your finals run. Mm. Um, if you're around twenty five final grand final, I can't be looking at Dearden because you're probably needing to get him round five or round four. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's probably a no from me. But if you're if you're around twenty six, it's it's definitely one to to consider and. I mean, his um, his try involvements of um, one point six per game. I think you could almost go to two per game for him, with the um, yeah, just with a with a, a preseason with Jimmy Maloney in your ear. It has to mean something. It it's, has to mean it's something. Gonna, it's going to change things massively. And also, for him. when you look at his scores from last year, he had an uncharacteristically poor game in round twenty seven against mm. the Panthers. He only scored thirteen points, yep. which is a weird game for him. If you want to take that out. You can, you can't, I don't give a fuck, but if you do want to take that out, it's a 60 average. Yeah. So I think that's where you should value Dearden, mm. but also value him at a 60 average with that buy in your final strength of schedule. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, if you yeah. can get Dearden in, in 
picks fifty plus. We're talking round six. Oh, I, I don't think he's going to slow. Go, I, I don't think he's going to slow that far, just with how shallow five eight is. Um, I think he'll be he'll be the first one after Cody Cody to be picked um, in most leagues, and rightly so. Um, you never know. People but, are scared of the buy. Yeah, I mean, yes, you've got to take the buy into account, but fuck. He's not one of your top top tier picks, like. But that's what I'm saying. So you're saying definitely take it into consideration your first five picks. But after yeah. that, who gives a fuck? So exactly. Out, exactly. If he slides out, outside of that top five, oh, mate, picks, I'm all over that. Then you're, all then over you're that, in it for sure. Then you're in yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's just that buy really fucking is a big kick in the dick because mm. I would be really on him, and he's just not someone that I'll probably look at because of that buy in 25 because that's the the major. Prelim. The, I mean, the one thing that does Russ. scare me from his scoring from last season is it was just so up and down. Like he, he's, oh, his Calvert variance is sixty yep. percent, and I'm looking through his scores from last year. Like we got a thirteen, a twenty-eight, a thirty-eight, a fucking twenty-one, a thirty-five, a twenty-nine, a thirty-nine, a forty-four, and a twenty-nine as well. So, and this look, is what this it is. is this is really eight. dangerous. Territory. This is five eight, bro. This is. I mean, we're just we're, we're searching for positives in these cunts, but there's not a lot. We're in this. Yeah, we're yeah. in picks forty plus forty five plus here for the five eight position. There's not a lot happening no, here. So like we're only, just there's searching. Only so, there's only so many rose colored glasses we can look through. <laughs> I know. So nothing's good here. Yeah. This is a barren wasteland. But we're trying to pick the best of the bad, best of the bad bunch, and it's. Again, I said it before, the more I talk about this position, the more I'm looking at it as, fuck, this could be my AE position because, mm. honestly, from sort of pick 70 plus in your draft, are you getting more value at the hooker position or more value at the 5'8 position? It's very close. Mm. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. You know, both shit ass, but, you know, I wouldn't say that 5'8's better than hooker at the moment, that's for sure. No, no. I think you're you're on the money when you said they're, they're neck and neck for for position scarcity. It's there's no depth in either. Like you look, no. you look at the the names past past Kiri in, in our um, rankings list. Fucking hell, there's like you got what Isaiah Katoa, Luke Metcalf, Kieran. We're, we're going to be getting getting to them, but fuck, like it's scary. If you if you end up landing one of those guys, you're like, oh, there's going to be a point in your draft. If you haven't targeted five eight in your first three rounds, where you'll pop your head up and it will just be shit city. Mm. There'll be nothing there in five eight. Do not panic. Well, and, and potentially don't pull the trigger on a fucking a, a useless cut just yeah. because you need a five eight. And potentially round round six or round seven, there will be a run on guys like that that I just mentioned. Just don't fucking fall for that. Yep. Start no look, way. start looking at the other positions that you need to sort out. Be be content with doing an AE if you need to. If you if your league doesn't um, if your league setup doesn't have an AE, you might need to start to panic a little bit. But you can at least look at guys that um, that are the backups for players that may not be playing the full season as well. Five eight, bro. It's not it's not great. It is not great. Um, do you want to talk about Jerome Lawai? I mean, I'm, I he's on my shit list every year. I don't oh, touch him. Yeah, you, you're, um, you're, not a, you're not a big fan. And look, he performed a lot better in Supercoach than we're expecting. Um, and yeah, we we had a bit of a stash with Guru at the start of last year, and we won. Who who won that bet? Yeah, yeah. We, this this guy. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we we won that one by the length of the straight. 
<laughs> and then some, and then some. So shout out to the guru. Thanks, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I think money. I think Romy is one that um, has potential to go off the boil. Um, and I think this season is is the season where he potentially he's got one foot out the door. He's at the Tigers next season. Is this is this going to be a fairy tale swan song, or is it going to be just take your foot off the gas, go through the motions, possibly exactly. get an, possibly get another premiership ring? So what? I'm off to cash my checks at the, at the That's Tigers. That's the big question. How you what you just said that is the big. Does what Romeo we're going to get? Exactly. I mean, if I was going to pick one, I would say that, yeah, he probably is going to put his best foot forward for the yeah. Panthers. It's his club. I think He so. loves the boys I think there. That, He's I think probably that's where we'll, where we'll land. But yep. I think with the, the shifting of the back line, I think that's going to determine where they're going to target a lot of their attack. Mm. So if Tungo moves to that right edge and it's the Tungo and, and Toto edge, I think there is going to be a little bit more um, funneling of attack through that right side, and look, it's I think I'm excited about that, and that's that's what I'm hoping for. But that just means that there's going to be a few more starved opportunities for Romy with Sorensen, um, Taruva, who didn't really um, score that well last season, and obviously Taylor May. Alternatively, if Taylor May is the one who moves to the right side. Things are things are looking a bit more balanced, and maybe Romy is a bit bit of an option. But I mean, he's he did have some injuries like, last year as well. Yeah, yeah um, which is something to take into yeah. consideration. He did have that twenty seven minute game in round twenty six. So only scored twenty four. You take that out, he's probably got a sixty average. Um, so look, there is potential. I won't be drafting him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but there is potential there for him to average sixty to sixty-five if he really gets ripped in, yes. and you know uh, he is injury-free. Panthers are obviously going to be there thereabouts mm, uh, this year. For so. sure. Look, it's um, yeah, it's a tough one. Like he he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't have a high high ceiling like he got the a single ton last last year that 155 absolutely brained the, the roosters but look it's um you're not getting in for that and look at, for where you're going to be drafting him round 6 maybe or something along those lines maybe round round yeah maybe round put it s- put it put it this way if i just look at it in full non bias mm-hmm. i would take him Above Ezra Mam, I would take him above Tom Dearden. I would take him above Luke Brooks, and I would take him above Jaden Campbell. So he actually is the top guy here mm, okay. at the sweet spot. Oh, maybe not Jaden Campbell, just because of the jewel. That's yeah. yeah. But you yeah. take him. You take him ahead of Dearden because of the buy. because of that buy. Wow. Yeah. I, I'd, have, at, I'd have Dearden above him. When even we look at the, the Panthers' strength of schedule, I mean, twenty-two. It's they pretty, got Knights. It's pretty nice. Eels, Storm. Raiders, Bunnies, Titans in round 27, if you have a grand final mm. in round 27. So, I yeah. mean, it's not the easiest to run when you've rattled those off. So it's, look, uh, yeah. You'd have, you'd have him above your boy, Luke, Lukey Brooks. Nine, nine. I I think, oh, actually, no, yeah, halfback five at Jewel. Yeah, you've yeah. got to give Brooksy the, the count there. So, you, so effectively out of that, you, you, you just have him ahead of Mam. And did and did you'd have him out of Dearden? Yeah, I'm not. If I'm, for our final strength of schedule, I'm not picking a five eight that has a buy in my major pre- prelim. Yeah, fair. if I, if if I can get a guy 
um, that's playing well, I guess five if, eight for it, the best attacking team in the comp, mm. and who is going to be playing the Raiders when Dearden has a bye. Yeah, well, I guess I guess where it's you're coming decision. from, you're potentially going to be AEing the hooker spot, so you can't AE yep. two positions. So, no, yep. no, no, I, I get where you're coming from there. Um, that's fine. But again, I won't draft him. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to give the people at home a bit of a non-biased sort of look at, at Luai that he isn't actually as bad as I'm making him out to be. Yeah, yeah, he might actually have a really good season. No, fair, fair. Look, he's he's definitely one to um to go into the season with trepidation. So don't necessarily target him, but if value does present itself, jump. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 55. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 65. But I also, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 45. For the, for the for the for the same reason though, mm. like we were talking about before, takes a foot yep. off the gas, just coasts. Yeah, look, I'll let let Cleary run the show. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, look, I don't like him, but I honestly don't think he has that in him. Mm. I think there's he's got a fair bit of go about him. I mean, oh no, he does in, in all aspects of the game. Like he's a real fucking. Yeah. He's I, think in we, there. I think we we just um, yeah. He he burned he burn us well before the um the dynasty has come along, yeah. And yeah, we're just not not about yeah. him. But it's, um, the stink is lingering. <laughs> Big time. All right, let's get into the bargain basement. Fuck, there'll be some mm. sexy names in this Ooh, list. Can't the wait. of wits has begun. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. Yeah, fuck all here, to be honest. I mean, we've got Luke Keary here, but he probably goes earlier. Yep. Um, Isaiah Katoa for the Dolphins. I do like him. Yep. He's the type of guy that I would take a punt on late in the draft because of his potential. You reckon? Um, uh, I reckon that's a season early, though. Like he's still he's still learning the ropes a little bit. Yeah, but you're taking a punt. It's a late yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and the Dolphins would be a better attacking team. I think. You oh, know, for sure. He, yeah. He probably does um, cement his spot in that in the halves position there for the Dolphins. I had a few people talk to me about Aiden Caesar. Um, I've already told everyone that just stay away. But he's gonna he's gonna be goal kicking though. But for those of you that did message me about Aiden Caesar, I have a microphone, and now I will let you know why he's no good. <laughs> so prepare for the 2016. Smackdown. Averaged 35. 2017, averaged 42. 2018, 35. His last year in the NRL, 2019, he averaged 38. Only nine assists. He didn't kick goals, which is interesting. But, Mm. you know, if he's kicking goals for the Tigers, he might scrape into the mid-40s, maybe. Well, how much is he going to be scoring goals for the Tigers? Honestly, four, four does, he, does he does he kick for the Tigers? You have to go back to 2015 to a season where he kicked goals for an NRL side mm. and did well in Supercoach. He uh, averaged 16 uh. in 2015. He was over there in the Huddersfield Giants uh, from 2020 2021. 20, 25 games over two seasons. Uh, he had nine tries total and averaged 0.92 assists and 2.5 goals a game. That's not Fuck great. Fuck all. That's not it great. It is not great in a... Mm. In a when he was young, ish, and in a game where it's wide open and it's easy to score points, right? Then he was the lead rhinos. He didn't even kick there for the lead leads rhinos. So fuck all there. And then his last game, the last year for the rhinos, he had twenty games, 
and uh, they let let him kick two goals. Had twelve assists for the for the for the total season. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, look, if you're keen on Aiden Caesar after those stats, go right ahead. But yeah. the dude's old as fuck, and I'm not even fully confident that he kicks because I think, like I said, I think he, he wasn't even kicking for the Rhinos. I think when he was at Titans and then first season of the Raiders, yeah, it was. I think it was only actually. I think it was only Titans when he was actually doing um, decent things in Supercoach. It was. Bro's been um, around as long as Supercoach, man. He's <laughs> old. He's been he's around, the, bro. He's, he's not as not as old. Let's let's clarify. He's not as old as Cody Walker. Yeah. Um, look, he, he thirty three this year. Yes, he will them. be. He will be in the middle of the year. So it's it is it is something to take into consideration. I just, I don't think he's he's anywhere near. Um, is super coach relevant as a lot of other players that we're going to put it, going put to it talk this about. way? If I had a decision between Aiden Caesar and AEing the position with what I've got on my bench, I guarantee you I'm picking the AE and whatever's on my bench. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyson Gamble, he's an interesting we, one. Um, we get 50 points out of him, probably. I, look, I think, look, he's a type of player, especially with the position. Um, I think he's got a good CV. Uh, the one thing that he doesn't have is great uh, position security. Cogger's going to be breathing down his neck. We saw what Cogger could do when he was um, filling in uh, the Panthers, and look, he performed really well, mm. really, really well. So he's he's one that um, look, he just has to have one to two game bad games strung together. He might be plying his trade in the um, in the resis. So. That's my big concern with um, with Tyson. Warriors, is it Luke Metcalf? Is it Tamari Martin? Obviously. Well, mate, is it CHT? Is it? Is it CHT? It's not Bachman. What is, is CHT? Yeah, CHT is just halfback. Halfback only, which yep. I think is so, it's wrong. They, yeah. they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So for this, Rob, we're just looking at Tamara Martin and Luke Metcalf. Yep, yep. By all reports, Tamara Martin is the guy that's going to be there. He's 5'8", mm. fullback. I mean, doesn't set the world alight. Nah. Look, I, um, I, 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 do like, I do like what Metcalf has to offer. And Tamara Martin has potential, but look, he's I, – I just think it's going to be either SJ or – or CNK is going to be getting most of those attacking points. Yeah, it's it all. It could be that Luke Metcalf is third in line there. You re- oh, they love CHT. Love they him. Love him. They love him. love him. They didn't want him to leave. Yep. So it wouldn't surprise me in the world if um if CHT <laughs> ends up getting that spot. Yeah. So. It's a weird thing. I'd, I'd probably stay away from the 5'8 for the Warriors. Mm. It just seems like it's a little bit hairy there. Um, yeah, look, we talk about Braden Trindle in the halfback podcast. He's, mm. he's dual, so that's always sexy. Jaden Sullivan for the Tigers. I'd much rather yeah. take Jaden Sullivan as a halfback 5'8 dual than I would Aiden Caesar. Put it that way. Yeah. Like I'm taking Jaden Sullivan over Aiden Caesar every day of the fucking Even with the goal, even if. Fucking Caesar had the goal kicking. I'm still taking Jaden Sullivan. I think Sullivan, just- Sullivan had a lot about him when he was coming in and starting. 
So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely agree with that. He's probably 20 years younger than Caesar. Oh, fucking hell, mate. Steady on. As a guy knocking on the door to 40, don't, how be, don't be throwing those stones, mate. Well, don't how old Sullivan? Stones. How old Sullivan? I wouldn't no, be I fucking. I mean, Bud, Bud Sullivan's, he's not, he'd be fucking 12 if he was 20 years younger than fucking Caesar. Settle down. Mate. Be close. Sullivan would be twenty one or something like that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll look. I'll look like it up. I'll look it up. Hang yeah, on, yeah I'm, on. I'm thinking maybe. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fact go. check you because you you're unreliable. Oh God, you don't have to fact check me saying a hyperbolic statement of twenty years younger. I think we all know that he's not twenty years younger. Twenty two. Yeah. So ten years. So you only doubled it. But yeah. Yeah. Smartass. Jeez, took that. Jeez, you're easy to wind up. Fuck. Wow. Jeez. Got you, got you easy there. Right, mate. You're not, you're not- that was an easy one. This is late in the pod too. I'm three beers deep. <laughs> That's easy work. Lightweight. Lightweight, baby. Light, lightweight, baby. Um, KO Weeks. Is he 5'8"? Is he, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's, he's not going to offer much. Jesus Christ. Five eights. But fuck. Ethan, it's, it's Ethan, really Ethan, bad. Ethan Strange is an interesting one. If he's if he ends up getting either the center or uh well, I think he's he's partially in line for the center or five eight spot. Mm. Um if he gets any of those, slightly interested. The game that he did play last year, he let in a couple of tries, so probably not um a strong option. So I don't think Ricky will probably put him in there. Um yeah, there's. Oh god, there's a- let's get out of here! Fucking hell, this is disgusting. <laughs> I heard, I heard Ethan Strange name once, fucking last year. This position is bad. This position is. Yeah, it's, um, it's less than sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's get into the happy ending so we can tidy this fucking position. You want? Happy ending? I got a building. Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, Oh, my God. Fuck you. The draft strategy, just grim. Honestly, if you just miss out on deal bags, just wait until pick 60 plus and see what's there. And if, no, you're probably looking at Brooks, Din, Mam, Campbell, something like that. But I just hate this position. I honestly, I'm I'm, I'm not going to put much effort into 5-8. I'm just going to see how the draft rolls. And not really put a lot of emphasis on it because honestly, I'm not really that confident that three five eights average more than sixty five in 2024. No, no, I think you're. There may, I think there may be only there. two that yeah. do. Look, it, and, and it comes down to how many jewels were taken off us um, at the start of this preseason. So it just made the job that much harder. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I want nothing to do with this position. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hands on hoping- hands on heads. I'm done. I'm almost hoping that I get pick seven, yeah, and uh, like that's where Dylan Brown rolls, and uh-huh. I take Dylan Brown at seven, and it's just like sweet. I've got got him exactly where I've got him valued, and I've done, I've done away with five eight as well. I've got I've got a question for you without notice, and it's mm-hmm. about two players that we haven't really spoken about yet, um, yep. and it's players that will have different. Um, Bit of a different role this season. So first one, first cap off the rank will be Cody Nicarima. So mm-hmm. coming coming off a 58 average, so he's going to be high up on a lot of people's pre-draft lists. It's going to be um, a guy that 
Look, you look at at his um, line break involvements of 1.9 per game, his try involvements of 1.3 per game, sexy stats. Um, He's more than likely going to gravitate into that um, number 14 role. Mm. Um, Do you see his scoring potential being anything close to 50 or above? Or do you think it's more likely to be somewhere in the 40s where we're not really looking at him as an option? Yeah, uh, more in the 40s, I think. Mm. Um, it's tough with look, it's tough with Wayne, isn't it? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Wayne um, just flips it on its head and goes, okay, I'm happy with my halves now. Yep. They've got some games under their belt. Let's just run with a four-forward bench like we've yeah. seen him do plenty of times before. Nicaragua's just for depth, yep. and you don't even see him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Look, and... Devil's advocate, flip the script again. We could see Wayne come out and go, look, I think Katoa could do with a bit more um a bit more experience um through Cup. Let's put Cody there. He was really successful mm. through the season last year when he did fill in. Let's let's see how he goes with Sean O'Sullivan and let's get the job done. So he's he's such a good player to have it's in an enig- young it's an enigma. Oh, it's he, he's so good to have in yeah easy for you to say nice um he's he's a player that's so good to- <laughs> fucking <God. laughs> yes. um he's he's such a good player to have in your reserve grades because he covers so many positions yeah so it's almost better to have him fresher in case something does happen in your side because you're like I've got a ready made five eight half bait hooker and fullback ready to go. Yeah, I, I think I think he will gravitate towards that number 14 role. And look, we saw how many injuries JMK had last season. Carrying an extra player that can cover hooker well is going to be pretty important. And look, Cody can play pretty much anywhere in the back line. He can play fullback. Yeah, he can a, play hooker. He's the perfect 14. He is an excellent 14. And So if we go back to the last time he played that 14 role, which was the, for the Warriors in 2022, he averaged 46 minutes and, and averaged 27 points. Yeah. And that's but, my concern. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I do think he has potential to be overdrafted. I just wanted to raise him just so people didn't think we we're just skipping over him. Yep. The other name is um, a guy that's close to my heart is Adam Dewey. Um, mm-hmm. So Dewey, Dewey's going to be coming back from his second Rico in as many years. Um, it's a it's a pretty pretty bad knee Rico as well. So chances are he's not going to be coming back in the first say month of of the NRL. Probably going to be coming back into the centres if he does. Um, we're not really sure where he's going to come back into the team. I think like he probably his scoring potential is possibly going to be higher at centre, right centre specifically. Um, do you see any potential for him to um, to win back a starting spot? And obviously with the the knee, that ACL, it's not something where I'm going to be touching, but what what, what are your thoughts, Nani? I think if he's fit to go, I think they, they play him mm. for sure. Like if he gets the medical clearance and he's hitting all these training KPIs, yeah. he's killing it, whatever, um, then they play him for sure. And... It it stinks of Ryan Pappenhausen last year, doesn't it? Yeah. And when does he come back? Yeah. Does he come back? How long do they keep him off? Mm. Do they does he play in twenty twenty four? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it just stinks of Pappenhauser in twenty twenty three. 
great. I think a great sort of last pick of your draft or someone mm. that you put in your bench just in case for sure. But I am worried that it could be that case where it's just like, yeah, two ACLs, let's take our time with this. Um, and but we, then again, and, he may come back mid-season and he may play really well. I'm Fuck, who knows? And we've seen that Tigers are pretty risk-averse with bringing players back from like those significant injuries. So it could be the case that we don't see him until like round 10. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. with, such a, with such a complicated um, Rico, it's probably going to be something along those lines. Mm. So, um, and this is, again, this is Pappy screams back. We were talking about Ryan Pappy exactly. going, yeah, yeah. yeah, he should be back around round 10, round 11. And like, you know, you should probably target him round six, round seven, somewhere like that, like that. And then he just didn't play. So, mm. and, I mean, there is a point in the draft where you're like, Adam Dewey's sitting there. Should I just whack him on my bench? And of course, fuck, yeah, have a yeah. go, have a punt. No, and I'm I'm all about having a punt. One one of the things that I think is going to be a huge detraction, specifically for Dewey, he's going to be out of the out of the um the team for the first ten weeks or whatever. That's enough time for whoever's coming in to do the goal kicking to establish themselves as the goal kicker, possibly Aiden Caesar. I can't see him getting the goal kicking back, and they're probably not going to want to risk the knee. With yep. the addition, additional loading of goal kicking, mm-hmm. his goal kicking, um, he was going to be getting about six to eight points per game. You take that out of his average, even from last year, that pushes him outside the the realms of somewhere that's super coach relevant. So, look, it's it's probably a no from me. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, mate, because I, I know that it was going to be a query that popped up from the rubbers. The other thing is you've got that Latu Fainu waiting in the mm. wing. So, like, you know, yeah. I'm not even he's thir- confident. He's, he's third man in for the halves, I think. And that's why. I'm not even that- confident Aiden Caesar keeps that position all year. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, you're right. If Dewey does come back in, um, he, he most likely does take up a center spot. Mm. You know, you probably see Brent Naden miss out. Um, in that side, I think they're pretty stacked with centers, man. Like they've got they've got that Stafford Tower as well, and he was not bad. He was it was actually quite good. And look, they've got Asuka Kapoa. Asuka Kapoa. Yeah, so many, so much depth in that center mm. um, center wing spot, uh, like the center spot. Sorry, that um, I don't, I'm not even sure Brent Naden gets a gets a run even without Dewey in the mix. He Dewey's a, such a great seventeenth pick. Seventeenth pick is it's, just it's a such th- an a th- absolute. It's a bl- it's a blind throw of the dartboard. Like you've yep. got, there's no there's no risk. How many yep. times have we thrown out a a seventeenth pick? And as soon as as soon as the um the league opens up for the waivers, you start. Yeah, he's change, gone. You're he's changing gone. straight up every year. Yeah, every year exactly, it happens. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I don't mind it, bro. All right, All let's right. get into boom bust sleeper. I think he's a bust. Sneaky, sneaky. Sir. Okay, so Booms. Mm. I've got Jaden Campbell as my main one. Obviously, Luke Brooks is there, but I did talk about him uh, in the halfback uh, podcast. But I do like Jaden Campbell. I think yeah, yeah. just that 10 points of value that you get, if you only look at the games he's played, 80 minutes of fullback, that's sexy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with both of those picks, mate. Uh, Matty Burton for me, and, oh, and obviously Dill Bags. I can hear the rubbers just <laughs> I'm gonna be, grinding their I, teeth I over I am going to be talking about Matty Burton a little bit later. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. The one, Feed him, bro. The, the one, Feed him, bro. The one thing that the little asterisk is, a bit, is it, and everyone's been saying, oh, but Critter's coming and he's such a good goal kicker. 
Hang on, hang on, mate. I'm going to be talking about that later as well. Yep, I fed. So I put put someone in their place about that the other day. Yeah, but I'll let you explain no, it. No, that's all right. Um, busts. I've got Cody Nickarama. We just talked about him. Yep, yep. Fourteen roll. He probably averaged thirty. Um, fifty-eight to thirty. That's a huge bust. Yep. I, I'm like we were talking about Romy. I'm I'm on the fence a little bit about what his output will end up being. I think I'm going to put him as a bust. Only because I think, look, he's he's got one eye on this mega contract with the Tigers. Foot out the door. I, I think he's going to coast a little bit this season. And especially That's through- Not a bad narrative. Especially through when we're, when we're looking at him, average might drop from the 58 that we saw last year, maybe down mm-hmm. two. And then we start to, start, to, um, start to think, oh, yeah, that is a bit of a bust. So that's my bust. Yep, fair, fair. Uh, sleepers, I've gone Tommy Dearden as my sleeper. Mm. I honestly think he can average 60 to 65. Caveat is that, you know, he's got that buy in that crucial uh, game during mm. your Supercoach final. Yep, yep. So that, that throws up a big fucking a cat amongst the pigeons. But I think he does have a fantastic season just looking at his scores. I think he probably tidies up his CV a little bit. Mm. I think you'll probably yep. see a few more ceiling games in him as well. So I do like him. Isaiah Katoa for a really Ooh, late yeah. pick. No, no, really, I don't really like late pick. I don't think anyone's looking at him. I think no. you pick him up. Well, he could be a bench he's, spot. He's, he's average from last season, 36. No one's looking at him at all. No. Um, no. He, he looked really handy in, in some attacking plays last year, and I think another preseason under the belt, under the guidance of Bennett, I think. Yeah, Bro, the kid's dynamite, mm. and Bennett loves him. So, And there's a reason it, why there's chatter that the um, the Panthers are trying to get him back and all that. A lot of that's going sure. to be driven by the Panthers' hierarchy through the media, make him answer the questions about whether he wants to go back. But mm. He's a dynamite kid, and the Panthers didn't want to lose him, and that's the thing yep. that we've got to understand. 100%. Yeah. What about your sleepers, bro? So for me, um, I had Brooksy, but I'm going to actually change that across because you had him as a boom. I will change it across to Jaden Sullivan. I think the, there is a lot of potential in, in what we did see from Bud Sullivan last year that when he like has that goal. has that opportunity, I think he can really turn that turn games and get that try involvements per game up. And look, I, I, like, I like the narrative, going to another club to get his start and get his um, – and get a position. And the other one is Ezra Mann. And I think if he can go through the season without injury, I think he's definitely one that could, everyone's going to be sleeping on with that 52 average. And as you as you were saying before, has those low scores in him, has to has to score a try to, um, to build up his scores. But look, if Cody Walker goes without a, a try assist, he doesn't score well as well. So yeah. it, it's a, it's the same, same sort of vein. If he, can, if he can start scoring more tries and setting more up, Look, I think sky's the limit. And when you're in a team that is so attack heavy, it's something that I I'm interested in for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And look, it's just because I'm still hurting. <laughs> I know, I know, the, <laughs> from the pain he put me and, through. And we're with the no fucking ways. I've I've definitely got one that's on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, speaking of, let's fucking get into the guys that we yeah. absolutely do not want to touch. No, no fucking way. way. No, I'm not working with this guy. I've been there. All right, <laughs> hit me with it, bro. Who you got, mate? It's Adam. It's Adam Dewey. It's got to be Adam Dewey. I took him. <laughs> took him round two as an absolutely speculative pick um, last season. Look, it, it, what there was a lot of stats to back it up, and look from all accounts, 
everything was looking good. A little bit of turf toe and stuff that he was dealing with, and then that fucking ACL. It, I, I just can't do it. And look, a lot of a lot of my no fucking ways will be guys coming off an ACL. And look, for, from my perspective, I just can't. I can't do it in the first year back. Second year back, lower lower re injury risk, better return to performance. That's that's what you got to be looking at. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't expect you to take anyone that's got <laughs> ACL written on their CV at all. No, like if the cunt's no, got an ACL no, no. five years ago, you probably won't pick him. Um, and fair call. Look, I, you, I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Gutho and looking at the, the ACLs that he did early, early, early in his career, yeah. and I'm like, nah, 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 nah no nah. way, no way. Um, mine's easy, Jerome Law. I never pick him every mm. year. I just stay away from yeah, him. Yeah, and every fair. year I'm happy with my decision. Every year I go, I'm happy with that. Like he didn't yeah. kill it. So, and I'm going to continue um, that. But I will say that because 5 eight so disgusting this year, he does go up the ranks a little bit because there's just fucking no one. And obviously the Panthers don't have a buy in any of the, the finals games, which does bode well for him as well. Mm. So, Still won't see see him in my team though. Yep, yep. All right, let's get into it, bro. Let's start stroking it. Let's get into the chub rubs. <laughs> I wanted you to see these player evaluations. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm very aroused. Save your spray. It's not a spray. Last... Right? I'm just, I'm just spitting facts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, whatever, whatever you reckon, but feeding the rubbers, that's good. I want to hear it. I'm here for it, bro. I like it. Um, all right, I'm going to go Dylan Brown, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, really big on him. He's a top 10 pick for him. Would love to get him at pick seven. That's the perfect pick. Um, obviously, later is lovely, but pick seven's nice. I could possibly reach for him six or five. Depending on how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling frisky on the day, maybe. But frisky. yeah, seven's a nice pick. Yeah, Average yeah. seventy six last year. BP of forty. Oh. <laughs> try assist twenty. Total try involvements thirty one. This is in seventeen games, mind you. Not even mm. a full season. He does play on the dominant side for the Eels. Obviously, that left edge scored thirty four percent down there. Mm. With him in the side, you might see that go up to around forty percent. The ball will sling down there even more. Scored 400-plus games in those 17 games he played. Had a 60-60 of 71%. That's a career high. Yep. Coefficients of variance, 32%. Mate, pick and stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Had more assists in 2023 than he did in 2022 when he played a full season. Mm. So fucking humming last season, man. He was the go-to um, guy in attack, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'll be backing him to keep this up in 2024. Mm. If we look at Cleary Hines, KP Walsh, Drinky, you know, they're all going to be up there around those top five, top six picks potentially. The question is, who would you rather take, Brown here at six or seven, or a riskier play with Latrell Turbo for feeder? I'm leaning more on the Dylan Brown side of things and mm. taking him over the Troll Turbo feeder. One, it's not as risky because there's question marks around the other guys. Yeah. Uh, but also, you're getting rid of one of the disgusting positions, 5-8 done. But you've also got a guy that's got a really high ceiling, mm. also a really good floor. So it ticks all the boxes for me taking Brown quite early. Um. 
it's just the thing is it's the strength of schedule that's the hard it's, thing. It's rubbish, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And mm. like, obviously, we'll talk. We're talking about Dylan Brown here because we're on the five eight position. But as we get into the fullback position, it will we will sort of get a bigger holistic picture of the top ten. And it might be a case where you just take the best. If you miss Cleary and you miss Hines, you just take the next best fullback that has the best strength of schedule for your finals, mm. right? Yeah. But just talking in the five eight podcast here. Uh, I do love him. I really do. And he mm. is the type of guy that does score great when he plays hard positions. Lane comes in as well. Sean Lane adds and another did, whole dimension we, we, to his we, attacking game. We didn't see Lane anywhere near his top last season. So, yeah, I, I totally I totally see a few offloads to Brown and, and all that sort of stuff close to the line, 100%. It would not surprise me in the the least, that Dylan Brown is a top five averaging player at the season end for 2024. Mm, yeah. Like, w- it wouldn't surprise me if he has an 82 average, honestly. So, yeah. if you're talking about a guy that's going to average 80 and he's got 5'8 next to his name, I mean, fuck. Mm. I'm excited about it. But, again, it is that final strength of schedule. It is disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, yeah. Warriors in twenty two, Panthers twenty three, Roosters twenty four, like, Broncos it's, twenty five, like do- Dragons twenty six. Except rough. except for the Dragons twenty six, and that would be a lot of people's grand finals. And I, I'm looking at that one, thinking, look, maybe I try to take the um, those shitty run games before. Get there, just if get me to the get, grand if final. I can get there. He's going to then put, he wins me. He's going to put me over the line. Yeah, he's, um, he wins me that grand final, hundred percent. Only the only detraction from that is his ceiling seems to top out at around one ten ish. So he's not going to you're like you're not going to be getting as much of an output from your captain as say like a I don't know a turbo or something like that. So that that's the only thing. Like I, I'm a former owner and I'm I'm drinking the same Kool Aid and I'm just trying to put some put something against it to make you think, oh, it, but against the Dragons, it is a team that I think he can put the foot on the throat and he can actually get a really good output from. And this is a huge decision. And I'm just dialing in on our, our strength of schedule for mm. our um, finals system, which is 23 to 26, right? Yeah. So if I had pick six. Yep. Now I've, I'm not. I'm probably not going to take Latrell because he plays the Panthers in round 26. He also plays like what 17 games of the season. Exactly. So that's hard. Mm. So you're looking. So I'm looking at Dylan Brown who plays the Dragons, but he's got a tough run to get to that 26. Yep. You've got Turbo, but you got Turbo, right? Yep. He plays the Dogs in round 26, but will he be there? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. So really. At around that five, six, seven pick, they're the guys you're looking at. Mm. You've got a really big decision on your hands. Yeah, it's like yeah. strength of schedule versus risk of will he play the full season. Yeah. And look, I, I think barring another incident in a nightclub, Dilbacks is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's so fucking consistent, man. That BP keeps him up there every single game. He's, look, that BP, the base power, is ridiculous. Anything over 40 for, for a half is great. Like he's mid 40s, and there's only two halves, two 5.8s that are 5.8 eligible to do that. That's him and Munster. Mm. 
Mm. And, and that is the only reason why Munster isn't isn't scoring absolute dog shit every every week that he yep. doesn't turn up. And this is just propping up Dillbags' scores. Like it's just mm. I I can't see any anything apart from the strength of schedule leading up to the grand final. That's the only detraction for Dillbags from my perspective. It- Here's a good question, right? So you've obviously got Walsh with a buy in round 24. Mm-hmm. You've got Drinky in a buy with round 25. Yep, yep. Would you take Dylan Brown over those guys because oh, of those buys? De- definitely above Drinky. Um, yep. It would be a very, very difficult decision to take him above Reese Walsh because I think Reese and Dill Bags are both going to be reaching their peak in this season or next. Mm-hmm. Um, Reese might even keep going up in the next few years, um, and we haven't seen anywhere near his peak. But well, I think both of them are going to get an uptick in their average. They averaged, I think it was um, uh, Reese Walsh was about eighty odd, and then um, Dillbags was seventy seven. I think they're going to be fairly close towards the end of the season for some reason. It's a big gut pick that one, isn't it? It is. It? If you're it is. between those two, you just like whoever you like, and I, and just I think them. For, from my perspective. Broncos have such a good run in the finals that that round 24 by, if I can get past that first round and then get the week off, if I can, if I can end the season well, win that first, first finals game, I get the week off. The round 24 by means fuck all anyway. Yeah. And then you're in, yeah, exactly. and then you're yeah, in the 25 semi final and you're in the final. So look, that, that side of it, um, I would probably, and being a Broncos homer, I'll probably take yeah. that if I'm yeah, but nah, being it being a former owner of dual bags when he had that had that career a couple of years ago, I'm drinking the same Kool Aid you are. It's I would honestly, I'd, even being a Broncos homer, I'd still have to flip a coin um, between mm. the two because the position scarcity for five eight, you're getting the best five eight um, going around. Yep, it's it seems like Dylan Brown is shaping up to be our guy. Yes. For 2024. Like I think so. Jerome Hughes was our guy yeah, last yeah. year. Dylan Brown is shaping up to be our guy for 2024, I think. Yep, yep. I, I'm I'm all about that. Yep. Like, like, like I was saying before, the only thing that hurts us is that strength of schedule in the lead up to the grand final. That's yep. it. And the Decisions. and the um extra, extracurricular activities that he are you breathing like a sigh of relief because you know where you're drafting because like it's it is it's hard to not well, the know thing, right the thing is I can't do that much prep for what is, what value is going to land on my feet at round eleven mm. I mean um at pick eleven because like there, there. There, there are so many different permutations that can come around at that pick because mm. look Munster could fall fall there. Not really, mm. not really keen on that. Turbo could fall there. Hello, hello. Um, Fafita could could fall there potentially. Um, Grant Take could him. fall there. Like there, there, there's so, there's so many different op- options that that could fall there, and a lot of those guys I'm, I'm mad keen for, but other ones I'm not not as keen for, like Monster. So mm. it's a, it's an interesting one. And look, I'm at least with, you know though. Yeah, exactly. With, with the with the way some of the guys that in our league draft, they're, they're really high on certain players and all that sort of stuff, and they read into what players scored last last year too much and well, things like that. And People some guys just have their guys. Yeah, there's there's yeah. dudes in our league that just have their guys. Like, yeah, for sure. 
Joe Marta will be taken first round because of Lele. Yeah, like, no, hundred percent. And then you got guys who are going to be looking into Gutho's season last year and going, "Oh, Gutho's Gutho's mm. better than fucking Dillbags. Why would I take Dillbags?" And yeah. then Dillbags will slide, and then yeah, other players will slide because of that as well. So, look, it's um, I, I'm quietly confident that I will get some decent value at eleven. Mm. Um, I'm going to win the challenge day, so you know, Hines Cleary for me. I've matter. I've seen you at a couple of these challenge days and I'm not concerned that you'll win that at all. <laughs> You're lucky to be yeah, in the top six. <laughs> yeah. If the challenge day was a drinking day, the whole the whole day was drinking day, then I would win. If it I was mean, if yeah. it was only judged on the amount you drunk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, yeah. maybe. Or the debauchery <laughs> nature of your fucking activities. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's feed these motherfuckers about Maddie Burton. All right. All right so Look, we, we got a bit of a glimpse of what was to come um, with Matty Burton between rounds three and rounds 15, round 15. Eight out of those 12 games, he scored 64 or more. So just take that into account. Um, had one seven-point outlier game against the, the Knights in round 18. You take that out, his average jumps up automatically to 60. And he's, a, he's the goal kicker as well. In a team that has a lot of incoming cattle, incoming quality cattle, mm. nine and a half points per game in goal kicking. That's 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 taking into account a team that was below par last season. Kicking at an 85% clip. Any mm. talk that Critter comes in, he's a good goal kicker, he's going to take it over. No, he's not. He's no. not. Unless, unless there is a massive form slump in the kicking goal kicking from um, Burton, that ain't happening. Eighty five percent. I'm pretty sure that was it. Was it number one or number two? It's it, percentage wise. It's it's close to top of the league yep. for accuracy yep. of goal kicking. So yep. all this talk about oh no, Critter's coming in. No fucking pull your head in. No, it's not going to happen. So that nine and a half points that he's scoring per game is potentially going to go up towards 12 points per game when you factor in the quality attack that they're going to have, field position and things like that. The one the one detraction with the players that they've brought into the building, they haven't really filled that front row forward spot. So I'm a little bit concerned about um, them getting a bit dominated and roughed up through the middle. So that's that's one thing. But look, let's, let's talk through the incoming cattle. So you've got a world-class center in Critter. Possibly even like a world class fullback as well, depending on where they're playing. A fully fit Billy Kicks, running some of the best decoy runs in the league, and mm-hmm. also devastating runner when he gets the ball. An X Factor in Bronson Cherry with pure speed, and then a few very handy ball playing locks. Curran, fucking Salmon, um, uh, Man. You've got a number of different options, and then you pair him up with a perfect, perfect. Half's partner in Sexton, I think. I think the the sky's the limit, and I do think that he has the potential to be a seventy point player this year. And all, all in all, like I, I'm, I'm a b- bit of a believer that the doggies have a breakout season with Burton as one of the big beneficiaries um, through the year. So let's let's have a little bit of a look at the um, the last couple of years, just with a few of the the stats. So. Last two years, season averages of 56.5 and 57.5, so not much of a change. Coefficient of variance, 0.47, 0.45, so not much change. Reading through all of the stats, base power, everything else, um, line break, line break involvements, try involvements, it's all the same. Bang, bang, yeah. So you add in 
a higher quality team around you, everything lifts. Everything lifts. And then you take into account a bit of a bit of an up uptick in your goal kicking. That's putting three points on the average right there. A better a better output in your try involvements and line break involvements, an uplift in there. So you you consolidate all of those things. I, th- I think a sixty five average is easily attainable, and I do mm. think his average he outscores Cody Walker. Ooh, spicy. But, but there is a there is a but. Um, well, it's not really a but. It's more it's more adding fuel to that that fire. You look at his um, positional strength of schedule in the finals, fourth best for his half position, and you compare that to Cody Walker, fifteenth, pretty fucking terrible. Um, team strength of schedule for the Bulldogs, third best in the league for the round twenty three to twenty six final system. Look, there's a lot of things where it can it can unravel. But I think we saw all of the all of the ways it could unravel last season. He still scored a fifty-seven and a half. I, I think mm. I think there is miles of potential for the output of Matty Burton. And look, he's he's definitely a player that I will be reaching for. Um, where talk to me? He's got to he's got to be in round three. Yep. And I think if you if you aim to get him. Back end of round three, if that's where you end up in your draft order, you probably even be able to get him in most leagues. Start of round four, oh, we love and that's that. and that's huge fucking value because because no one's no one's, no one's going to be looking at him that that early. So, conservatively, he averages sixty, right? That's just an easy yeah, yeah, yeah. pick, right? Sixty. Yep. So you're picking a five eight halfback jewel at the start of. I round didn't four. even mention the jewel. Yeah, baby, I got you. The jewel, like, and mm-hmm. that's that's just the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. That gives you the flexibility Woo. to have a little stab at. Tell him, son. Tell him, son. That gives you the flexibility. Have a little stab in the market for an up and coming player that may come in, like a Jack Cogger, like a like someone else who who we know has a decent output, and could be coming into um to play like a tricky trindle or something like that, that you get a bit later in the draft that fuck, like they could actually, actually turn it on. So yeah, I'm, I'm really liking him as a pick early and yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking at him. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll be able to grab him, but yeah, he's definitely one I'm looking at late, late round three, round four. Picks 25 plus. Yep. Yum. Exactly. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. That's, I'm all about and that. strength that. of schedule is just sexy as it's, yep. um, and, Look, I'm I'm not going to to go into the draft without watching a couple of the trials just mm. to see how their structure is, seeing if a lot of the, the attacks funnel down that left edge like we're expecting, or whether things change a little bit. So look, I'm I'm excited, but yeah. Holding some reservations, but yeah, it's um like you can blindly just go for that sixty average, I reckon. Yep. Cop that, you fucking Birdo haters. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, we we always go for one or two players that we're really high on, and oh, hundred percent. We put our we put our necks on the line because we don't shy away from a bit of um a bit of bullshit from from everyone just saying that they don't agree, and everyone's open to their own opinions, and 
look, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and some of them smell like shit. Well, this is the best thing about draft, isn't it? Because everyone everyone picks their guys, and they're like, yeah. "No, nah, I'm 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 going to die on this hill." Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like you, you have conversations with people, whether it be at the pub or if it's on a fucking DMs or whatever, and you you throw them back stats and, and opinions and stuff. And and what it comes down to at the end of the day, it's like. And this is how most of the conversations that uh, end that I have about players that I'm big on and someone's not big on them, I go, you do you, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, uh, you, I-, I love it. Back your gut. Let's go. Like, No, exactly. I-, I love it that people are staunch on opinions. And so that's what we do here on the run. Mm. We're st- we pick guys and we're fucking staunch. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it fucking right. That's draft, baby. And fuck, it's glorious. Yeah. Look, at, at the end of the day, we're not we're not afraid to get it wrong, but look, we we go through the analysis. We take into account a number of different factors, and look, we we look at what cream can rise to the top. And there are too many factors pointing to Matty Burton mm. having a cracker of a season. Pick your guy, back him, yeah, back him in, yeah. back him in. And and conversely, if you don't agree with that, just exclude them from the from the pickers. Yeah, fade him, fade him, fade, fade him. him. Like there's no, there's no point. Pick your pick your horse and fucking run onto it. Yeah, whip him home, baby. Absolutely. Whip him home. Absolutely. Bro, do we have any questions from the Patreon? We've got a we've got a shed shed load because we obviously put the put the word out early. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Would you believe that this fucking five eight rub down is gonna go for over two hours? Mate. <laughs> the funny thing is, the ones that usually have uh, nothing to talk about, I know, go for the longest because we just yeah. try to. Well, we don't Film. even try. We we literally just, just talk happens. shit and go on tangents. Yep. All right, hit me with them. Let's go. Burton die tribe. Uh, so <laughs> Connie's asked us. Um, so not five eight related. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay. But thought regarding the new um, kickoff dropout rules. Okay, could we see uh, middle forward averages drop slightly? Every runoff um, from a kickoff or a dropout is a HA. That's 100% right. And normally the next one to two runs are good meters as well with teams with a receding, um, receding uh, defensive line. If teams are doing more short dropouts, um, the failed ones will result in the attacking team starting 10 meters out, which will likely result in H1s, so one-point hit-ups. This also applies to a lesser extent to kickoffs. If a team has have the play of the ball with two markers and a set defensive line, there's no guarantee that the first run will be a H8 like it is with a kick, normal kickoff. Unsure of the impact, but um, could you see some guys lose two to two to four points per game, possibly more, for your 80-minute front row forwards? Um, no. Maybe maybe another reason to to leave your front row forward um, drafting until last, or maybe this is all just dribble. Well, I'd love to see the stats on uh, how many short dropouts were taken in 2023 because it was a lot. There, like, there, look, there, teams were doing it anyway. There was there was a lot, but because you were taking away the risk associated with getting it wrong, there's going to be fuck ton more. I think. Be I, more. I think. I think. I think. There was probably about I'm a, I'm shooting spit here, but maybe about forty percent last season. Like were if, short if we were talking about no 
short dropouts to now this rule coming mm. in, I'd say, yes, there is going to be an impact on averages. But we're going from a year where they were doing it anyway. I don't think you're going to see much of a change in averages because of these short dropouts. I think the fact that there's there's, there's almost zero, there's zero impact for teams trying it, if anything, they're getting the ball in a better defensive position because yeah. they're, they're hard up against the line. They've got a compressed defensive line that they can push up against. But I think I think every single team, except some of the the more odd, odd ones like Desi and a few others, might and hardheads might want to not try it. But I think most teams will do a short dropper and will almost yeah. see a, a loss. Of, like like Con said, lo- would lose those H8s. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to affect averages, though. I think I think it's absolutely going to affect average. I, I'm I'm completely on a different page with this. I, I th- how many how many H8s from dropouts would front rowers get throughout our entire year? I, I well, I think per game that would affect. I think that would affect from 2023 mm-hmm. that would affect their total average. I, I think it will point five of a point. In an average, mate, well, and that's, no, I, think, I reckon I think, that's I going think, over. I think at least one to two points per game. I think you're wrong. But one to two points in average. No, I, I, I reckon one, one to two, one to two, H eight runs would be removed from their scores per game. Yeah, but then you look at that as a total average for the year. It's a fucking drop in the ocean. One to two per game is still one to two per game. So two to four points per game we're taking out of their average. But you're talking about a year where it happened anyway. We're not talking about a year where there was no short dropouts. No, I'm not saying it It goes from nothing to to almost 80%. I'm saying it's going from 40% of the dropouts being short to 80% of the dropouts being short because there's no. they're removing the risk from the, attack, from the team kicking Put off. Put it this way. I wouldn't be thinking too hard about this when you're drafting. No, uh, look, at, like if you're, if you're thinking about you fucking HJs and whether no, no, that no. fucking works out with your your averages for front row forwards, you've gone too I, far. I think I pull the brakes, pump the brakes. I think you've gone too far. I, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a bigger effect on halves and and for fullbacks oh. actually going for that fifth tackle option to try to get the dropout. I agree with that. 100%. And I and I think that's where we're going to see the bigger impact, not the HAs. So I whilst I agree with Con that there is going to be a drop off in the HA output, I think there's going to be a massive impact to a lot of teams going for the um going for the repeat set because it ain't a repeat set anymore. Mm. It ain't a guaranteed repeat set. We saw that there was a return on the short dropouts of about thirty to forty percent. Mm. And and even when you get the ball, you're not getting the ball in the best spot that you want anyway. So mm. look, it's I I think there is going to be a big impact to scoring, but I don't think it's in the same way that you're thinking there, Con. Um, yeah. I, I agree that there will be that, but I think there's other elements as well where um, yeah, we're going to get some impacts, and I think the halves are going to be impacted pretty pretty big. So it is five eighth related. Mm, yeah, uh, big max. <laughs> Mike the Hamburger, um, he's asked us, I'm not sure if you cover it, but Jaden Campbell intrigues me for draft and classic. How much more room to improve do you see for him, from him? And, 10 points. Yeah. We went through it. And if, <laughs> 10 points and straight up. he's got the first crack at halfback at the Titans. 100% he's got the first crack at halfback. I mean, um, fullback. 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 Yeah. And yeah, I think there's at least a 10-point bump in his average. Yep. So yep, yeah, we love him. Love him. 
One above him. Uh, Stephen has asked us, how much do you expect Dearden and Nam to improve after their breakout seasons last year, considering both of aging halfbacks in the teams? Look, I think Dearden's, Dearden's probably... I don't think either are going to have like mad breakout seasons from a super coach perspective, but Dearden will get an uptick. And I think Mam, just based on he, he had an injury-affected season, I think yeah. there is going to be an uptick in his output as well. You would think both have improvement yep. in their game, yep. both yep. real life and super coach. Yeah, for sure. I think like Mam is early in his career, very early in his career, and he's a fucking electric. Um, mm. And didn't also, same vein, um, I think the way that the Cowboys attack through Drinky will impact how high a ceiling Deedon can get. But, I mean, his season average is still going to be around that 60-odd mark. Mm. And we've seen that year on year on year for the last couple of years. Uh, Matty Wills has asked us, is Campbell a genuine option? Yes. Um, Hudzo has opt- oh, asked us, drop the TRF pod, please. So that was a yeah. um, yeah. uh, desperate. Desperate. Yeah, well, that was Fair, fair play. Keep, keep, uh, keep keen. Bristles has asked us, uh, what are the best cheapy options in this position? So we were talking through a couple of the guys in the Hal Mary section. So guys like Isaiah Katoa is an interesting one. Jaden Sullivan is another interesting one. Um, Ethan Strange is definitely one uh, in the cheapy range. And Kyle Weeks is probably one. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about what we'll see output wise from Kyra Weeks mm. and whether whether he'll be coming into the fullback spot, whether he's going to be coming into the halves. Whatever position he comes in at, when he was at the, at Manly, his output was fairly poor. Um yep. at like a, an average of what, 25, 26. The base the base power was fucking awful. It was less than 20. So I think a lot of those games are off the bench. So that's probably driving down that average. Either way, um, I, I don't think you're really the money makers in um, money makers in classic aren't going to be realistically from your five eight spot. One of the guys might. I'm not sure of the price, but Jack Hogger's an interesting one. Um, I'll have to look at that offline, but yeah, it's um, it's going to be pretty stark. I think. Grim. Mm. I keep saying it. It's Grim. Five eight's yeah. Grim. Uh, Watto has asked us. Uh, Legends, with the addition of weapons around Cody Walker and, uh, with Whiten coming across and rumors of Colo going to the left edge, do you think we see an uptick in Walker's average for the season and do you think it's worth a reach? Um, yeah, we sort of covered this. Yeah. It's sort of like the, you've, got to be, you've got to pick a school of thought here. Yeah, yeah. It's whether he gets lost in the points and he's one pass away from the big super coach points in attacking plays mm. or he's in amongst it and he's really going going well. The fact of the matter, matter is 69 average, nice, is is, is is a safe play for Cody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not an average to sneeze at either. It's, no. um, and I... I I wouldn't shy away from saying yes. He could jump back up to like seventy to seventy-five to eighty odd. Just with how many how many high quality and high output players are around him, where those points are shared, I just can't see where he goes to that tippity top that he was a few years ago. I, I'm not betting on him getting more than seventy. So no, no. Um, I think there's there's and and we have to go back to what I was saying about the back end of the season uh, in those 
critical points for, especially for a draft comp, where you want to have your best your um, your best player having your best scores in the last like ten weeks of the year. Having a fifty five average for a player that would average the rest of the season at sixty nine is not what you want. Mm. So I'm going to hone back in on that and say, look, mm. it is something you need to consider. He's not going to. It doesn't seem like he's going to be turning it on in the when you're going to be in your finals, and you need to really reconsider. Well, really need to consider whether that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, Nick has asked us, Brooksy or Dearden? Um, can Manly unlock Brooksy's full potential and see him average sixty plus? He hasn't written it here, but I will add to the add to the fact that he will have Schuster on his edge, and Schuster is a fucking really good guy to have as an edge back rower. So yep. that is a big uptick from my perspective. Um, alternatively, do cows bounce back and didn't have a career year? Who do we like? We like Brooksy. Yep. We like Brooksy because he's halfback 5'8 jewel for start. We like Brooksy because he doesn't have a buy after round 23, whereas Dearden mm-hmm. uh, has a buy in round 25. We like Brooksy because he plays the Tigers in round 25, revenge game, and then the Dogs in round 26. We like Brooksy. Yeah, Brooksy, Brooksy, Brooksy. Um, okay, last but not least, BMAD has asked, Munster seemed to go off the boil when his kid arrived last year. Being the competitor that he is, do you think he he um, reviews his quietish season and comes out firing in 24? Very much like Cody Walker in the fact that I just think that's him. Mm. 70 average. Yeah. There's nothing to sneeze at. Great, yep, great yep, average. Yep. It's a position lacking in depth. That's why you need to take him in round two. Um it's just you're going to have fluctuations in scores. He's going to drift in and out of games. The consistency won't be there. He won't have that ceiling. But somehow mm. he is going to average between 68 and 72, and that's just what you have to take to the bank. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that, mate. Um, that's it. That's all for the questions. That's it. That's all. Righto. Two hours for the 5 eight. I mean, we did – Dribble on about some shit at the start. We, do, so. we, we were probably half an hour in before we started yep. on any position. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. She's a big uh, one. It is a big one. Heavy, heavy lifting for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fire up those five-star sledges. Get involved. Uh, and again, if you want to be in a draft league, just DM one of us. You get Walker on the Patreon. You mm. get me on Instagram. Yep, yep. Um, I have been collating a lot of names. I've probably got enough names for maybe four leagues so far. Yeah. And I will start setting up chats for you guys to set those leagues up soon. We've already set uh, up our first keeper league as well. So keeper league. Yeah, we'll get, guys are interested in that. That's all happening. Um, yeah, the listener league will probably kick off uh, mid-February. We'll try and draft the weekend before uh, – uh, the Loveless League drafts. So, yeah, sort of mid-February, something like that. So keep that in mind when you're getting your sledge in. Start fucking really pumping them through, guys, if you want to get involved. But other than that, mate, let's get the fuck out of here. Go follow yeah. us on all the socials. That's it. That's all. Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. This is better than those things. You're damn right, Walker. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rub Down. Get that India. Ta-da!